I misheard a while ago. I just didn't hear Brother Brother Eddie. He said, I'm glad you sang that song. Old Hopper's tune. They did it fast. Charles Johnson Revivers changed it that speed. And it's good both ways. It's good to see everybody this morning. You haven't smiled yet. I promise it won't break your face. God's been good to us. Some of you just tired. It is a good kind of tired because you've been here. Been praying about the meeting and uh, praying in the meeting, helping others pray. I'm so thankful for that message last night. Yeah. And God still reaches and uses people to reach other people. This is a pyramid scheme indeed. We get saved, we're supposed to get somebody else saved and teach them how to get somebody saved. Thank you for those amens. Thank you for those, that hilarious, <laughs> I'm doing it again. Amen. I know you're tired. We tell them we know you're tired and they don't say amen. We rebuke them for not saying amen. No, no. Yeah, that's just you get up here and get nervous till you get rolling here. I love the Bible. I love God's people. I love the people that love the Bible. I, I, I appreciate the word of God. The back gets to the wall. No counseling's going to be there, but you can steal away somewhere and pray, shed tears over an open Bible, read it, and pray the scriptures, and the Lord will move in. Sometime you won't hear the door shut, but you'll look around, that devil's gone, and the Lord's still with us even to the end of the age. Yes. Let's look at our swords today, if you will, and gather around Jeremiah chapter number 38. Jeremiah chapter 38, boy, the McDonald family blessed me last night. And the Zach family, the Zach and Em's family, and uh, always a blessing. I speak to uh, Brother Brian way more than I get to see or speak to the rest of them, but I, I love the whole clan, every one of them. Amen. I'd like for you to keep Sister Vivian Avis in my in prayer. She is one of my members' sister in the Mobile. One of the hospitals of Mobile, not doing well at all. It's very well up in age. This would be Mike Howell's other aunt, Brother Eddie. And I was going to head over there, and Brother JP was going to take me with, with them or show me how to get in there. They called and said they've had another outbreak. Shut it down, and I'm not going to be able to go in there and see her. But the Lord is already in there with her. She's a godly woman. So if you'll just keep pray, if you'll just pray for Sister Vivian, we and Sister Frida down south of my church will be so grateful for it. I'm so thankful to be able to come here and that you put up with me and some of my goofy delivery. I'm getting, I'm 57. I've been 57 since October the 4th. I'm getting where I'm apologizing less and less for who I am, what I am. Because Lord, I'm not what other people are, but I have seen some fruit in my life. I've had some failures. I've had some triumphs. I've had some failures and come back to the Lord. They've come to make me stronger, make me learn better. But I've had some triumphs, some testimonies that when Satan starts running his yapper, I just grab him up by the neck and slam his head into the cross and say, hey, I ain't been going on my wits anyway. It's always been Jesus. And remember when God helped me back then when you thought you were going to drag me under? You didn't, and God help me. I'm still okay. I'm going to be here tomorrow. Because I'm trusting in the hands of the Savior that said I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I spoke to the prophet Jeremiah and said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Asked the rhetorical, is there anything too hard for me? 
Yeah, and then another place he said to Jeremiah, he said, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary? There's no searching of his understanding, folks. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Then he prophesied a little bit, said, that Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. A songwriter added to it, so we can put it to verse, teach me, Lord, to wait. Now, what a prayer that is. Amen. Well, I've not been in a misery tossing back and forth from message to message, but I I wasn't just sure, but it was just different. I said, oh, God, you got to show me which way to go. Oh. No pressure to be like Brother Mac. No pressure to try to book a meeting from this meeting. No, no pressure to try to help move more CDs. Just praying, God, you, I'm asking you and I'm believing you that you'll help me to know what to say. I don't, I don't just lead me, guide me. My steps are ordered of you. If I feel me nothing for a while, I'm going to stand up in faith that this is it, knowing that somewhere along the line, the Spirit of God is just going to begin to break forth and, as the river of living waters. So I believe the Lord is going to direct us in this direction. And somebody, you know, we had a whole big crowd last night. But uh, Brother Mac made it, Brother McDonald made it uh, sure that it's all right that there are three or four people that God specifically, mostly, mainly wants to get in here and get things right. Hey, folks, you never know who's going to live another day or two. You never know when somebody's going to say no to the Holy Ghost and then their conscience is absolutely God. Ever heard the thing, let your conscience be your guide? Yeah, that is no good unless your conscience is absolutely sanctified. Your conscience is absolutely ruled by the Holy Ghost. Well, you don't need to tell people to let your conscience be your guide if they've done any disobedient thing in their life because every time you disobey, the erosion of that sensitivity of your conscience gets taken away little by little. Is that right? But you know what you can do? You can say, God, in an altar, cleanse me, forgive me, and confess and help me, God, and purify me, remove uh, 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 my conscience of dead works, and he can restore that conscience. Insomuch that the gifts of the Holy Ghost, that he wants you to operate, you'll know when. You'll feel the bump in your spirit. You'll feel the quickening. You'll feel what David Wilkerson called the witness of the spirit. You won't know what God's fixing to do. He'll stop you and get your attention. You wait on him and put a word, put a direction, make you see a face in the crowd that you're about to, and you just begin to start. That sensitivity's got to be there. Disobedience always wears it. It erodes the sharpness of that. One good thing that needs to happen in this camp meeting may be something you just can't measure or see. Might not be the main thing. But everybody here that sits under the anointed word of God, that's been prayed over, preached under the anointed, or taught, whether we struggle a little bit to get it out or whether it just flows like honey's been dumped on us, that word of God will build you up on your most holy faith and it restores sensitivity that you let Netflix or something else wear away, that you let just little stuff too much. Hey, you can watch too much Andy Griffin. You can just spend too much time 
a fishing ain't a sin. But you can spend so much time with it that you'll be praying words to God thinking I should have used this color worm on my hook. Come on, y'all. I, I, to saying things to God by muscle memory or whatever. Just say, oh, God, you know, Lord, pray for your Aunt Polly because you do and you just say it without even thinking. Let me tell you something. We all have to deal with that when we first start praying. But if you'll just keep pressing in and pressing through, cut some more of this world out, get on in closer to God, stay saturated in the word of God, you'll be near him. But what comes with it is a sharp sensitivity in your spirit that gets restored where God can stop you at Walmart and say, go over and tell that lady I love her. Go over and tell, tell that little cashier, hey, hey, when she said that bill will be $20.73, I don't you dig down and give her $20. She's a, she's a, a, a single mother and she's going to need some milk for one of her babies. She don't have it. I want you to give it to her. Or give her $20. Why, Lord? God says nothing else, but you just go and obey anyway because you know that conscience is a precious thing. Let's get it all purged from dead works by the blood of Jesus, by obedience. Get in there closer to God. And let all leprosy get scraped off the wall. Every stone that's got it cut out. But God won't leave you wounded. He has to wound you with a sword. He, the letter does kill. Supposed to. But stay in there after he wounds you. Don't leave mad. Blame it on the preacher. Stay in there and let the Lord replace the old stones with the new. And cover it all in the blood of Jesus and heal you up. Because there is a balm in Gilead. And some of the worst wounds is that that the Lord will give you. But he's not playing with you. He's not angry. Check it out, folks. Your wound that God gives you is not because it's not the payment for sin. Sin's death is death. That's all. The wages of sin is death. I understand you will reap in your body some seeds you've sowed because there is a law of reaping what you sow. And it's wonderful and it's horrible. Depends on the seed, don't it? Yeah, you sow into this flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. But if you sow the good seed, you, shall, you sow seed the spirit, then you shall of the spirit reap life. Amen. Are you with me? Have I lost you already? Thank you for the three of you that are still pen No. Uh, Jeremiah 38. Jeremiah 38 and 1. Would you please stand with me? I'm going to try not to be goofy or ramble or jump around too much, different spots. Just my, my brain just gets flooded sometimes when I get in the vein. And, and I need God not just to help me what to say. I need God to help me to weed some of it out and not just go so fast and too much content that it clutters up because all of our minds are different. So we need the anointing of God to preach it right, but also you need the anointing to receive and some things I say, I'm not really sure what he meant, but I can tell you Thursday of four weeks from now, it may come alive. It may be another time. I get, listen, I'm for the altar. We preach looking for the altar service. Brother Cliff, don't just preach for the altar service. We say things that may come into play in your life a year from now. Some things that need to start doing when camp meeting's over. Some living that needs to be different Monday morning. You understand what growing with God, some of it's fast. There's some prayer line zaps that you can get a lot of things done. There's some things you need to hear the word of God and find yourself growing in time. Is that right? I'm not throwing off on nobody's methods. I'm just telling you, some things Brother Eddie's going to preach to you is going to click three years down the road. We want to see it in the order the day we preach it. I know, and we get to sometimes. But sometimes we're going to be in a shower or clipping some hedges and go, oh. And the Lord says, that was the time for this to hatch in your mind. Amen? 
And so go back and tell him, remember that thing you preached and I looked like I was yawning? God hit me with it. Man, that's been five years ago. I can't help it, Brother Eddie. God touched me with it today. That's the way this book does sometimes. How do you know that? 57 years in Pentecost. Amen. I've done it again. I didn't mean to ramble. We're going to be all right here. I'm not going to hold you too long. We'll be out of here hopefully before 3, 4 o'clock. Um, Jeremiah 38 and 1. Then Shephatiah, the son of Matan, son of Matan, and Gedaliah, the son of Pasher, and Jucal, however you say it, the son of Shelemiah, and Pasher, the son of Malchiah, heard the words that Jeremiah had spoken, that he prophesied, unto all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, He that remaineth in this city, Jerusalem, shall die by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. But he that goeth forth to the Chaldeans shall live, for he shall have his life for a prey. Meaning, you're going to lose it all, but God's going to preserve you. He's going to let you live. And he shall live. Verse 3, Thus saith the Lord, This city shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which shall take it. Therefore the princes uh, said unto the king, We beseech thee, let this man be put to death. For thus, this prophecy he said, uh, weakeneth the hands of the men of war that remain in this city. The hands of all the people in speaking such words unto them. For this man seeketh not the welfare of this people, but the hurt. That's a lion's spirit got to hold these men. Then Zedekiah, the king said, Behold, he is in your hand. For what? Uh, for the king is not he that can do anything against you. He's weak and cowardly. Verse 6, Then took they Jeremiah, cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah, the son of Hamelech, that was in the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Now, when Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs which was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon of the king, then sitting in the gate of Benjamin, Ebed-Melech went forth out of the king's house, the palace Solomon built so long ago, even though not much glory left in it, but the stones and the walls are there, went out and spake to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have done evil in all that they've done to Jeremiah, the prophet, whom they've cast into the dungeon, and he's like to die for hunger in the place where he is. For there is no more bread in the city. And the king commanded Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, Take from hence thirty men with thee, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he died. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went into the house of the king, back to the palace, under the treasury, and took thence old cast clouts, and rotten rags, old strips and remnant of, of, of bare garments that are rottening, let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And he bade me let the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts, rotten rags under thine armholes, under the cords. Jeremiah did so, so the Jew Jeremiah with cords, and took him out of the dungeon. Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. The king would come get him out a little bit later. A little bit of time, if you'll give me, from rags to rope. Would you lift your hand and praise the Lord? Would you praise the Lord? Say things from your mouth, no matter what you feel about God right now. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Father, you know my desire, my request. 
You know my intercession in a motel room this morning. You've heard my prayer. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to do nothing on my merits, for they are filthy rags at best at the top of the list. But on the merits of your son, I appeal to you, Father, to let the Holy Ghost of God by the river gushing forth from my innermost being not just make me shout and feel good, that's wonderful, but let the words of God come and find the spirits of those that need an encouraging word, God, because of where they are in their life and the hopelessness that Satan is trying to bog them down with. I'm asking you, God, please allow me the high privilege, Lord, to use this Bible that you use through me to wake up some hope in somebody's life. Whether they're here with us or listening now live, we'll pick up on this thing a little bit later. I'm asking you, God, to be glorified through this process. Help me walk careful, tender in the Holy Ghost, not to grieve the Spirit of God. None of us here to the sound booth, everybody in between. Thank you for this church. Bless, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you for your patience and standing uh, so long. I'm, I'm, I'm getting older and still have, you know, idiosyncrasies that I leave church and go, why not? <laughs> and, uh, but, but I believe my heart is for you because I, I, I let God melt my heart in him. I believe God's going to touch your life. Do you have a few minutes tonight, today, amen. to preach? Thank you for that. I was really testing to see if I get a few amens, but. That's all right. Maybe God will help us and get us all stirred up in here together. Um, I'm going to go back to the year 589 B.C. when God had a representative, uh, a prophet, who spoke the word of God to backslidden nation Judah to a wimp of a king placed there by Zedekiah about nine chapters ago or ten when he took Jehoiakim and his wife and most of the eunuchs of the palace and the princes of Israel, probably when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was carried over the first time, the carpenters, the smiths, the elites, uh, the people with money and skill, and uh, a lot of them were taken away already. The city wasn't fallen yet, still a lot of people there. They didn't all get carried over at one time. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's nine or ten chapters before that uh, Jeremiah wrote the letter to them and said, hey, build houses over there, uh, plant you some gardens and vineyards and uh, you, your daughters and your sons, they need to, they need to get married. And uh, it's just going to be 70 years. Just uh, hold tight. And although it's no temple, going to be no temple, but you've got the Torah with you. Y'all get me just some synagogues. Get together around my word and, and pray and talk to me. Be faithful. Uh, I, I know my thoughts towards you to give you an expected end. I'm going to bring you back. You just go over and be faithful. That's the way it's going to be. Now, there are going to be false prophets rise up over there. But there are going to be some Ezekiel's rise up and give you the truth. And I'm going to get you back over here and get you home. But get over there and occupy till I come, like he's telling the church now. You are in a wicked world, but it ain't going to be forever. He's going to have a trumpet blown real loud, loud enough to wake the dead. And Mama Old Gobble's going to get up out of that uh, grave, and I'm going to meet her in the air. We're going to go see Jesus. Wouldn't that be good to happen today? Oh, y'all going to make it hard on me? <laughs> All right. Amen. So the Chaldeans were coming from Babylon again. And here's Jeremiah saying, not going to be exactly like Egypt, but I'm telling you Nebuchadnezzar is sin of God. We, the cup of wrath, it's not so much full like the heathen nations of old, but God said that is enough. And there's going to be a captivity, but the ones that were left the first trip are beginning to think that they that went, maybe they did something wrong and God's going to preserve us here. And Jeremiah said, please stop listening to these false prophets. Please listen to the word of God. 
If you stay in this city, I'll tell you you're going to die by sword or famine or pestilence. It is curtains for you. You bought the farm. They don't feel good. It may not sound like what you want to hear, but if you stay in this city, when they come and tear the walls down and they tear the place up, you are history. He told the truth. It happened the next chapter, folks, in chapter 39, and it, and it came to pass. But when he prophesied this word, all they heard was doom and gloom. They wasn't hearing and remembering the letter that you're going to go over there. It's going to be rough. Some of you are going to see some kinfolks slaughtered right here in the street. You're going to see priests uh, being humiliated. You're going to see the likes of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego jerked up out of their highfalutin prince houses, dragged over there. You're going to hear later on somebody's going to write a song, put it back in there with David's old stuff that said, by the, uh, we were set down by the rivers of Babylon, hung our harps on the willows, and we, uh, we could not sing. They required a song from us. It's going to get tough. But when you get there, I'm telling you, that's what I'm doing to preserve the seed royal. It is your tribe from which Jesus is coming from. I'm saving that tribe. There is going to be some people going to die, yeah. But the remnant is not this time going to be saved in Jerusalem. That Jerusalem is not going to be saved. Can you say amen? At least back then. Yeah, you're going to be preserved if you go that way. I know that Jeremiah wasn't popular. I know there's a lot of men that people thought were prophets were prophesying differently. The shenanigans of the yoke on the, you know, the stuff that they would do. And, and then uh, Jeremiah would come up and prophesy, well, because you're prophesying a lie, God's going to kill you. It would come to pass. And sure enough, he's prophesied that you need to go with Nebuchadnezzar. Don't stay here. God's trying to preserve us. He got a whoop up on us for 70 years. We'll get God to raise up a Ezra, get this temple built, a Nehemiah, get the walls up, but it's not now. Let God do this work and preserve us. Wouldn't have it. Wouldn't have none of it. And they come to this king that uh, came to him, but put there by uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar to take the place of Jehoiakim, watch things for him, but he's a wimp and he's a coward. And these big shot uh, uh, people came and talked to the king. You've heard what Jeremiah has been saying, don't you? Yeah, I heard. It's a tough word, but you know, he's a man of God. Oh, no, nothing, nothing. He is weakening the hands of the men of war. He don't mean good for us. Something got him, something got in his crawl. He just angry. He thinks he's Elijah or somebody. Oh no, he, that's false. He's weakening the hands and the men of war. We would have been all right if he had been telling this stuff. You know what he's saying? He's saying, that, hey, we here in Somerdale with our 1,700 people, we if he would just shut up, we'd get our boys out there fight. We got a good three or 400 rednecks to come out of the woods with their deer rifles and their pistols and their muzzle loaders and, their, and, their, and when the U.S. Army when it comes to South Alabama, we in Somerdale, without the help of God, we think we can keep our little old town. We can keep our city against the U.S. Air Force. That's what he's saying. We can stop the Babylonians, the largest, most powerful kingdom the world had ever known that dwarfed even the old days of Egypt. Babylon was a Greek, and no wonder he's the head of gold on the image of kingdoms in the book of Daniel. But they're coming to, uh, what I'm saying is, it'd be like the U.S. Army about to come and attack River uh, uh, Somerdale. I found out that in 2010, wasn't even a thousand people, maybe 1,700 in 2020. Uh, uh, it'd be like them coming to take away 
everybody, and then the rednecks coming out there thinking that they can help when God's, listen, they think they're going to pull a Gideon. Just a few of us can have me and God make up the matter. No, you don't have God with you when you're saying that the real word of God in Jeremiah is a lie. You got God with you when you're obedient to the word of God. You're not, you're not going to make it because of your skill. You're going to get to heaven not on your grace, but on the merits of the Son of the living God. By grace, we are saved is not a Baptist concept. It is a Christian concept. you got to know that God, without him we can do nothing. But if we're obedient to God, then we lay claim on all of the covenant promises that when he said stuff like, For lo, I'll be with you always. Nothing shall by enemies harm you. The weapons of our warfare are not called but mighty through God. Yeah, the Gideons can make it if God stirs it up, calls him a man of valor, and he obeys God. He stands up and does it. God's come on, somebody. God can cause David and the men of Ziklag to go recover all if you stop in your crisis and say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but I ain't going to go off start raving mad, pitch a fit. We can't touch the Philistine. My own boy's about to stone me. What am I going to do? Shall we go up? Shall we recover? And the Lord's like, I like that kind of praying. I like that kind of trust. Go up. Go get all your Go get your wife. You shall go up. You shall slaughter them. You shall recover all. Yes, a minority can do it. Yes, one missionary by himself can go to a headhunter uh, village and stand there full of the Holy Ghost. Which doctor try to put curses on them, but is covered by the blood. That same man, and he's only martyred if God's ready for him to go to heaven and done with him on the earth and can have revival. Yes, Foley, Alabama, nowhere near big as a big Baptist church, but I can tell you, if God the Holy Ghost leads you and guides you, you're all right. But if Jeremiah stands up and says, you better go with them or you're going to die, you need to shut up and go with Jeremiah. Is that right? Do I look mad? We just feel God and kind of look that way. I ain't mad. I love God and I love you. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not going to calm down. I'm going to keep preaching like this. Whether you jump up and get happy or not. Because I ain't doing that to get you. I want you to hear what the Lord would say to some people, I want you to have this. No, this ain't me. I'm okay. Help me pray that somebody who needs this hears it. Because yeah. there is a target somewhere that needs this. Because I felt kind of the liberty just loosen up me and the Lord just kind of telling me, this is it. You get, you get them rags here today. And some people feel like nothing but rags. And I'm, I'm going to show them I'm not done with them. All right, here we go. Got ahead of myself. Came to him. Let us put him in the, let us kill him. In fact, Nolan cut his head off, throw stones at him. Let us put him in that old cistern in the middle of the dungeon of the prison. This ain't no water. No, it's just mud and muck and dry. And he said, I can't, I can't got no coward, nothing behind him. And they bullied the king. He said, I can do nothing. You do whatever you want to with him. He's scared. He hates it. It's about kind of like Eli. He knows it's wrong, but he don't think he can do anything. Y'all go ahead. Do what you want to do. But all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you something. When you are going to do the will of God, when you're going to work for God and be obedient, you are going to have to suffer some things. God is going to allow you to be afflicted. The Bible said many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. God's going to put you in some tight spaces. You'll hear the devil scream at you nonstop and loud, and God's not going to say one blessed thing to you. He's going to say, just search for me, praise me, uh, worship me. When the time comes to speak, I will pass this test, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't feel me, but remember, you don't have to fear evil because I am still with you. I've got a rod and a staff that will comfort you. You go because I said so. Don't go because you feel chill bumps. Don't go because somebody else feels happy. Don't go because you pumped up. Go because you read the word of God. You heard my voice. Obey me and I will be honored on people that obey something they don't feel. Come on. 
got him thrown in a dungeon, locked up, as the Lord will allow you to be locked up. God's not mean, folks. I'm torn. I'm, I'm still torn about preaching about God-ordained suffering this week. Not just every kind of suffering, but the suffering that God allows, the fellowship of the suffering. Uh, uh, not more than we're able to bear, but we're with the temptation, but God will let you suffer. Ask the pastors if you're going to have revival, if you're going to grow a church. Are you going to just have a big shouting time? Are you going to have uh, uh, prayer lines, everybody speaking in tongues? Are you going to have big singing groups to get there? No, sir. God's going to have to let you be a little bit afflicted. You're going to have to afflict yourself with a fast sometimes. There's nothing pleasant about that, but we've got to beat this flesh down. We've got to put it down, and so we can get the prayer up. Let the uh, Push that soulish man down and that new creature can get prayed and lifted up. Is that the way it works? Well, it's supposed to. Yes, sir. So if God's really got a call on you, if God's got something in you, I'm telling you, God's going to let you go through some tough, tight stuff. And if you get bound up in a dungeon, I'm telling you, you may not see it, but God's already working on your rescue. He's already working on the other end. He may not tell you most time he don't. He told Joseph he had a couple of dreams when he said, slave and Wednesday afternoon he's riding a number two chariot and people are required to bow their knee when they hear that Joseph's coming their way. God does it in his time. It is up to us to be faithful and know that there is a way out but I don't want him to get out until God comes and does it his way. I think there's a couple groups we're talking to here. A couple categories. There's some people that really had a zeal and a desire to work for God but their first dungeon they did not stay with God. They said, this way this is going to be, I can't handle this. I'll go back to ankle deep water and do a little something. I'm going to be lost now. How many pastors went through bad stuff? We grew up, heard, and said, my prayer was, Lord, let me quit this stuff. I'll make somebody a good church. You ever heard old pastors say, there was a time I went through this and a bunch of crazy things I was pastoring. I just tried to kill me. The Lord wouldn't let me go nowhere. And I started praying, Lord, I don't need to do this. If you'll let me leave here and quit this, I'll go join in and help some pastor. I'll teach Sunday school. I'll lead the singing. We pray silly stuff like that. When the call of God was there, that's not God didn't throw them away either. God's just going, oh, brother, please shut up. Get the Bible, get praying. Let's wait on me. And that's what Jeremiah does. Jeremiah, at one time he even said it. I, I go to forbear. I can't preach this anymore. But this word of God was like fire shut up in my bones. I could not forbear. You understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you, you're going to get to the place where you feel like quitting. You want to quit. Thank God to tell you while you're pouting under a juniper tree. Thank God it's enough. I can't do it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, but I'm telling you, God's going to require you if you're going to get there. If you're going to ministry, no, you sit right there. You trust me. I'm I ain't calming down. Amen. I heard three crickets when I just got through doing that, listening for it. That's right, come on, Brother Cliff. Three crickets said amen. Okay. Don't take that off the thing. Uh, hey, uh, so God's got a Savior in the form of a non-citizen. God's got a Savior in the form of a man of the wrong color as far as what most of them thought. God's got an Ethiopian, ain't got a bit of Jewish blood in him. God's got, uh, he's a eunuch that cannot have children ever. 
Probably from birth, he was singled out or stolen as a child from Israel or somebody that lived in the palace. And from birth, his whole life has been about nothing but be a servant, one of the eunuchs. Hey, nine chapters ago or ten ago, there's already been carried away a bunch of eunuchs. He's wondering, why am I still left here? Why didn't I go with Jehoiakim and his wife? A lot of my people I work with tending the garden and feeding these people in the guards and, and watching stuff. All them are gone. What am I still doing here? That's just a ragtag pew eunuchs here to help old Zedekiah out. I don't know what I'm doing here, but when the word came that the word of God is trying to be stifled, thrown into the miry clay, the man of God that has given him the truth, trying to preserve the sea royal of Christ to come to Bethlehem, all of a sudden he's in a dungeon, he finds out about it and says he cannot last there too long, and he gets here with the king. Something unusual happens. A eunuch finds a king and walks up to him and says, hey Zedekiah, can I talk to you? Yeah, I reckon. What, what, what do you want? Ebed, they have thrown him in to the dungeon, that old cistern pit, and there's no more bread in the city, let alone down there. And the man of God is about to die real soon. If he stays there, he will die. We've got to do something about it. God's got a savior there, brave enough to go face a king without the scepter coming out. Come on, say amen to me, somebody. Please say amen a few times today. And, uh, uh, put the scepter out to him and uh, uh, just came in and said, we got to do something. And he says, he's wrestling. <laughs> I told them to do what they want to. I was kind of intimidated, but you're right. I think I'd rather them be against me than God. I don't think I want to kill God. There's been enough prophets killed. Jesus said when he stood on the hill, look down, oh, Jerusalem and Jerusalem, how often have I taken you under my wings, but you killed the prophets. Every one of my sent you in thee. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's let not Jeremiah die this way. Go ahead and go get him out. Hey, get you 30 of you other guys. Find 30 helpers and do somehow go get him out. Thank you. That's all we want to know. Now, let's just take a journey with Ebed Melech. He goes and gets him. Whatever crew he can get. <laughs> he said, I'd find 30 of you. I'm from the king. You, 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 and you. Hey, so-and-so around, get him. I believe he's picking out some old men. <laughs> he's picking out some young, strong guys. He's picking out different age groups. I'm just, just let me go here with it. I'm, my message, you can preach different. Uh, uh, he's got him 30 guys, normal people, and eunuchs probably like himself. Probably real strong, a lot of them. Some of them older, some of them younger, some of them been around, some of them know him real well. Some of them just see him, that old man been around a long time. He'd been a eunuch for three or four kings because they keep getting assassinated. And he probably been around since he was a little old kid way back in Uzziah day or somewhere. And here he is. And uh, uh, okay, whatever you say, we'll go with you. Come on. The king said, we got to go get him out. What are we going to do? Don't know yet. But let's go back to the palace. There's a little old room well, we keep yard sale junk that we didn't sell. Can't hardly put in the dumpster, but nobody wanted it. There's some junk down there. Let's go. I'm going to go down there. All the way upstairs. I'll go down and plunder around a little bit. He goes down there. He's like looking for change. <laughs> He's looking for big old ropes. Come alongs, you know. He's looking for stuff to build an A-frame. He's looking for some pulleys, <laughs> widgets, or whatever. He's looking for stuff to get him. Boy, forklift would be great right about now. He's looking, come on, y'all. Help me preach a bit. He's looking for all kinds of stuff. The best thing he can find is a big old box full of rags and cast clouts, rotten rags, remnants and strips of rags that nobody wants anymore. Couldn't even move them in a yard sale. Goodwill don't want them. Just couldn't quite throw them away because of what they used to be and their memorial and a shell of what used to be. I'll get to that in a minute. The Lord give me a chance to and help me, to help me think it through right. I'm nothing but rags 
nails didn't come out, but that's, that's his heart. He sees something that something can become. He sees potential. Some of them boys upstairs, he comes up in a big old box. Okay, boys, this is it. And uh, the older guys are going, look at each other. But the young guys are going, who does he think he's kidding? What are we going to do with rags? Build a kite? Let him float out of there? This old man done lost him. They won't say it to him. He probably slap him. But, but, but they're thinking, what is this old coot going to expect us to do with these rags? And them old guys are looking at him just quiet. I'm just making this up. They could have gone like this. And he started just saying, just hold the phone and watch me. He starts pulling this rag out, pulling that rag out. I'm going to tell you something. Let me back up a little bit. These rags weren't always strips and rotten. The Bible calls them cast clouts, reject things. And that got so bad, the, the Quilton B ladies looked it over one day and said, I can't do nothing with that. Well, the feeling will come out. You, man, you can't sew old patches on new garments that are that bad or, or whatever, put new thread. You know how the about Jesus said, uh, we can't even use that. But uh, what are you going to do with that? I'm going to tell you something, folks. Those rags did not start out nasty, filthy rags. They were not rotten. They were in the basement under the treasury of the same palace that Solomon built years ago. They are not just remnants of Walmart stuff like some of us have to wear. Say amen, J.C. Penny shoppers. It wasn't just that stuff that you wait for sale. It ain't that good old men's warehouse stuff that you can't afford till they're trying to get out of, out of the place and knock it way down like I wait on because they hard to fit my long legs and big old self. Amen. It's not that stuff even medium. It's stuff that kings and king's children wear. You hear me? In fact, in the days of Solomon, his servants dressed better than the kings and queens of this earth. You're not, you're not there with me yet, are you? Those rags are just rags, but they weren't always rags. Those rags, if they got nothing else, they got a testimony of yesterday's revival. They got a testimony. We ain't nothing now, but if they could talk, we may not ever be used again. We may not be what we used to be, but there was a day I wrapped around the king's princes. I sat at the table with kings that came and dignitaries. I sat at the table with the great Uzziah that was king for 55 years till he messed up in his old age. I sat in the palace that is nicer than any palace Egypt ever had. Any palace that even Babylon had. I sat in a palace when they prayed to Jehovah God before they ate. I don't have anything now. I'm a rat, but I have days of the past where God used to use me mightily. One of them says, I'm nothing, but I used to be a piece of the tapestry that they hanged. One of them said, you could have said, I'm nothing now but a piece of rotten rag, but I used to be one of those sashes that Solomon put around the golden shields that he had hanged up down the hallway. Them that she, the queen of Sheba came and couldn't just catch a breath. Are you kidding me? Your servants look dressed better than I do. Look at the gold and the ivory. I know it wasn't uh, any longer like that, but those rags, they're the people that saw Pentecost like it was. Thrown in a box. Nursing home. Relegated to senior day. 
give them a meal every now and then. Tell them we still love them. Please pay tithe on that social security check if you want to go to heaven. We ain't doing that here. Uh, we'll be there for you. We'll come by and hold your hand in there or something. Let us get back in there and know when to call you hun and sug and hug your neck. We're going to love on them. Uh, but they feel like the rags we've seen our best days. And it looked like they had. These rags have seen and been part of something that nobody living that day knew anything about except reading it about it in the old scrolls that was kept. Come on, somebody. Re reach with me. See it with me. Come down to the dungeon. Walk out with me with, with uh, uh, Ebed holding that big old box. See them kids going, what? See the older man going, oh, I think I know where he's going. I ain't going to speak up yet because he may have gone loony. It's been pretty bad. Uh, the Chaldean army's right outside. He's a little bit nervous here. So I ain't sure. But the boys are going, let's just get out of here. And the older guy's like, just give him a minute, man. He might be on to something here. And all of a sudden, he takes somebody who was by themselves a great God. Everybody say, by themselves. Don't just say the word. Say it like I did. By themselves were once great part of the church. Everybody wanted to hear that one get up and sing. Everybody could play a piano, but boy, that one could really play it. Everybody could sing Hallelujah Square, but that one there would make us cry real good. Like that little crippled man, they can keep got good feet in heaven. Oh, man, that one there, uh, he's the one that took us to the right of the That one there was part of this. That one was part of that. They've been gone a long time, and nobody thinks anything about them, but the Holy Ghost is stirred up a young and said, I ain't quite done with them rags yet. Anybody believe that Jeremiah was a major prophet? I didn't call him that because he's a long-winded big book. You believe he's a real, real man of God? Does he represent the word of God that day on earth? Just as sure as Moses did and Elijah, Elijah did. He represented the word of God, whether they liked it or not, whether they rejected it or not. He's God's word. And God is actually going to use a nobody non-citizen to put together the elders that have left. She played piano so wonderful back in the day, but man, she can't even hear anything. Her hands are shaking, old diabetes has got her, and she tries to play, and when the piano player went on vacation, come on, ain't, uh, whatever, and try to play one. We'll play a slow one, and she gets up there and can't hear, she can't move, She's supposed to go to C, she goes to D. Can't nobody sing with it. And they, none, some of them weren't even around back in the day when she got them old somebody on that, on that, on that, on that, on that, and sang and played, and you felt like angels were tapping their feet in heaven. She can't do that anymore. She cannot do the ministry she used to do just by virtue of her body giving out. Her mind's not in where it used to be. Come on, y'all, help me out. Yes, sir, he led the choir. He stopped and exhort. Orders filled up. Now he tries and can't keep rhythm. Sing the same song every week. People are sick of it because he's just not what he used to be. Just because we can't let them do what they used to do don't mean God ain't got something for them to do. He's got one more hallelujah for the rags, folks. Somebody listen to me. I know you can't back up and get the 4,000 back. But God's not done. Let him use you to save the next 30,000. You don't know what I mean? Get Tuesday morning. Whenever I preach it. And he's starting to see something. He picks one of them up. Matter of fact, when they pick one of them up, some of them older men might start having tears. How many of them curtains? 
I used to go in there. I used to clean up that room and spiff it up when the king's wife left and put her best on. And I remember that was part of the curtains in her room. And somebody picked another garment up. That's the, that's the one that king's boy walked to the temple and uh, handed sacrifices to. And uh, that's what he used to wear, pieces of what he used to wear. The young ones don't remember. They're just going, stay all right, y'all. Hey, y'all, let's, let's go to the mall. Let's get out of here. No, let's just wait. And the old men are going, just settle down, boys. Just give us a minute. Why are these old guys crying? Kind of like the old man that came back from the captivity. And they built that old shabby-looking temple again. <laughs> and the young men shouted for joy. But the old men that were carried away as little boys are back now in their 80s and 90s. And it's nowhere near the glory of the one that they're in uh, right here, this eunuch's in. Or especially in the days of Solomon, what they read about. And they started crying. And the Lord had to say, well, don't worry about this. I know this temple dwarfs what you've seen and heard about. There's going to come a day I'm going to inhabit this whole earth. I'm, you don't you see me working in the former and the latter rain at the same time. Don't worry about this temple. Man, it never really built me a sufficient temple for me to dwell in. I feel the heavens and the earth and my son's coming back. Don't worry about it. They pull out garments that remind them things they forgot all about. Oh, that was a great youth camp. We sent them kids off. We'd worry about them getting lost, getting sick, passing something around. Them boys at youth camp trying to go four days without a bath, stinking the whole altar service up. But them kids came back full of the Holy Ghost. That's what some of them are wearing here. It's a piece of their poster. Come off that old van we got rid of. And carried them off to youth camp and got them full of God. That uh, uh, The same old cloth that they use to wash one another's feet when they had communion service and feet wash. We still do both when it's possible. And uh, uh, it's starting to stir up memories. And then there's a hopelessness trying to come in on the old men for a minute. And one of them maybe spoke up and said, hey, you bet. Hey, hey, I'm with you, man. Whatever you think. But I don't get this. But only one person had his heart stirred, and that's Ebed. Only one person is hearing from the Lord. The rest need to follow the man of, the rest need to follow what God told the pastor to do in that church. He's not a big shot. He's not a smart aleck. Some of them put him in there because they thought, who do you think you are? I'm just telling you what God told me. And that puts, that, that kind of obedience uh, calls, hey, do you see the book written in any of their name? But there's a big old fat book in the Bible called Jeremiah. Because he's faithful, do you hear me? The, the, the Masons got him dead somewhere up in Ireland. That's a lying devil. We don't know where he died. He died in Egypt somewhere because he did go with them there. Didn't said we shouldn't go there. But if you go, I'll go with you and pray with you. But we're going to die there. Sure enough, he died somewhere in Egypt. Mason said, no, he made it up to Ireland somewhere. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, he ain't Jesus. I ain't blasphemy. It's just another lie. Come on, y'all, trying to disprove the Bible. Anyway, uh, those rabbit trolls, I'm back. I'm okay. Uh, so so uh, even the old uh, Ebed might have to say, hey, brothers, they just hang on, just give me a minute here. And he takes him a couple rags, takes a couple in the strips here, and uh, Woo, holds it to the light, he can see plumb through it. Man, you, all right, this don't look good, boy. Just don't leave me now. Just watch what the old man does. He takes the one here and one over here. He starts twisting them around. He starts weaving them. 
He starts to remember Boy Scout knot tying and rope making, basket weaving class. Yeah, he starts to remember how that uh, we took a bunch of little old cords and uh, uh, there wasn't enough to uh, build a zip line or build a thing to swing out there and, and dive off into the river. And uh, they didn't watch, but we learned how to weave them together. We learned how to tie them up. Come on, I'm glad I'm part of the family of God. He has put us together with cords that cannot be broken. Do you hear me? Unity like that. Yeah, and they start tying them together and the older men are going, oh, let's help him. I know how to do that. Yeah, I went to the same boy Scott class he did. They showed us how to tie these knots. Hey, here, get you something. That's right, come on. Young boys are going, and the older guys are saying, all right. And they start building it, and they start tweeving it, and they start getting it, and there's just enough, Zach. And they got this strong rope there, and it still looks like a ragtag, mixed, 40-colored piece of total garbage to them young boys. But them old men know something about getting a bunch of older folks that can do nothing like they used to do, but get them in a prayer room praying in the name of Jesus, holding hands and interceding, uh, rebuking devils. Come on, y'all. That's something about them rags. You think they rags? You tired of them singing, have a little talk with Jesus? You tired of them trying to bring back in the sweet by and by? You better leave them alone. You better ask God, show me what to do. They feel like filthy rags. We're shoving them away from us, throwing bones at them, give the widow women $100 for Christmas every year, bless the a retired minister, take them out to supper once in a while. No, no, no. They cannot pastor like they used to. They can't run to the hospital like they used to. And in fact, he's gone. She's been without that old man 10, 15 years. I'm just a widow woman now. I can't play the piano like I used to. I can't keep my thoughts together. But I'm telling you what, you can't do by yourself what you used to do by yourself. But if you'll just yoke up with somebody else, let somebody lead you to come together. You can be bound together with a cord that can reserve and preserve the word of God that the devil's trying to throw in the very pit right outside the church door. He's trying to throw the word of God in the pit of Netflix in some of your houses. He's trying to throw the, the authoritative word of God down into the Facebook pit that some people, I just own there for ministry, and, they, and you know they're in the middle of a bunch of arguing back and forth, and a whole lot of people got a pulpit there that don't need no pulpit. In the words of Jimmy Jones, let me come over here, preach y'all, son. I have been, I've just been, the bulk of the crowd there, you just accidentally kind of, the way it is, nobody means to do it. Uh, they start weaving them together, and it still looks like a rag, but it doesn't matter. And somewhere along the line, the Lord spoke to me, look at this here sometime, and he said, remember that saying people like to say, a chain is only as strong as it's, oh, come on, get bold. It's only as strong as it's, yes, that's true, but this ain't no chain they're making. There's some fabric that was rotten, bad. Some of it was kind of old, but still had a little strength left in it. Some of it was kind of medium, brother Sunday school teacher. Not all the way back gone, but nowhere near what they once was, and as strong as some other ones. 
But every rag in the box, no matter where they were, had a wise, old, dark, black Ethiopian hand. Says, here's how we're going to do it. And started weaving them together. You know what that's for? That's because when it gets all together, Jesus will cover it by the blood. And you'll find out that nobody really knows where the weakest link is. Nobody knows which one is the strongest. There'll be no heroes there that day, but the God that spoke to, uh, uh, to the Ethiopian on how to get this done. God's going to get all of the glory. We should say amen better than that. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, so nobody's going to say, I know we were all in on this, but I was pretty much the strongest rag. We don't know that because you were woven uh, with somebody else that may have been stronger than you. And you might have been the weakest one just thinking you're the strongest one. God don't even, I don't even think he wants to explain it to us because we're so full of pride sometimes. Yeah, that was a joint effort, but uh, it, uh, me and Brother McDonald, we preached this thing together, but secretly I think I'll probably preach better than he did. Are you kidding me? That's next to blasphemy, that kind of pride. We need to understand, we need to get hit behind the cross. Fellow laborers, if there's five people here today, 500 tonight, we're still in this together, and God's woven two friends, three friends together, and we are strong, and a cord that the devil cannot break, and it's strong enough that God's going to let us pull some of you out of your pits this week. And you too. All right? When it's over with, we ain't going to be on the phone. Because he preaches better than that sometimes. He just didn't have this week. I was hoping Brian preached that thing I heard him preach over in North Carolina. Why didn't he leave that one out? That was a good message. There ain't going to be none of that. We're going to be on the phone saying, man, God blessed us and helped us. We're going to be grateful. We're going to keep praying for you. Thank you for coming, guys. Thank you for having us, Brother Eddie. These people are sweet, loved on us, prayed. We're going to brag on each other, but we're going to mostly brag on Jesus because it ain't about us. It's all about the blessed Lamb of God who suffered on the cross. There are naysayers that's going to be there through the whole process. What do these men do? Smart Alec Nehemiah later, 70 some years later. No, he's at the 80. He's way after Ezra. What's this? Do they think they're going to build this wall? Will they make an end in that Tobiah the Ammonite? goes, yeah. Hey, even if a fox jump up on what they're building, it'll break down. <laughs> they ain't going to get nothing done. <laughs> hey, let's keep busy fighting where they can't work but half the time, sword in one hand, a hammer and a trial in the other. Let's mess it up all we can. Let's intimidate the workers. Let's scare them. Let's send a message to Nehemiah. Hey, don't you know some of your boys owe each other a bunch of money and they're holding each other in? And don't you know some of them boys have been marrying girls that ain't Hebrew and they're mixing things up? And he had to stop, had to deal with it, had to purify it, had to sanctify it, and they got back on the way and said, so build we the wall. And guess what? It looks like it's a long time, but when it got it done, the Bible said we finished the wall in 62 days. That ought to excite you. Man, you ever been seeing them old walls? It ain't the whole big city, but not the city of David, still by itself, man, 62 days. With the devil fighting, that's a miracle of God. You know what it was? God had to wake up a cup bearer saying, I got some rags and I don't think ain't gonna be, ain't nobody over there getting together like you can. I'm gonna put the burden in you. I'm gonna open the heart of Cyrus or the king, he's going to let you go, give you some finances, 
He gonna give word, not just go get some old pies. He gonna give word, give you money to send the ships back up to Tarshish or back up to Lebanon and get the same cedars that are descended from the cedars Solomon used to sell. They blow that in the book of Haggai. They'd wind up, they'd stop, have to get the wood from the other side. But he's even sent the finances to get the best, strongest cedar trees in the world. I'm gonna make it happen, but I gotta get somebody over there that'll start weaving them old rags together because they'll buy the Ammonite and them bunch of idiots and squatters and bunch of half-breeds over there. Uh, uh, and, and I mean, in that day, it was wicked to put them to marry anybody but their own. So uh, I, the blood covers all that. I'm not being ugly. I got all kind of uh, mixed race marriage in my church. I ain't talking about that. I'm just talking about the loving the world and the Father at the same time in the same vessel. You can't do it. One to plead to one master and hate the other one. All right, just a minute. I'll quit. I want you, Nehemiah, to go over there. I know I'm jumping Nehemiah. You with me? You read the Bible. The morning people read. You know they're with you. I mean they understand because they're in the Bible. They're here on purpose. It's just like uh, Nehemiah had to fight against the enemy, but he finally tied them together and got the thing built. There's naysayers. There's the idiots that's been squatting on it. But if God can get some leaders here, and you can listen to the leader, and we remember to go out and help them get them together. Bring them up out of the dungeon. Bring them up out that one step right before the dumpster. <laughs> right before Alzheimer gets them where they can't even remember who the kids are. Where they can still just have a little light still shining. Authorized don't eat them up. They can't play guitar anymore. Their kids are in their 50s and 60s. Done come got their license. They can't go drive or witness to anybody. They can't get to church at night unless somebody goes get some. How dare we ever think that God's through with them? Paul said, for when I'm weak, then am I strong. He chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Everything God does, he starts small. You let a jack leg hot shot come through Foley, Alabama. You rent, you, he rent him a big old building. He go from nothing or six people to 2,000 people in a few months, it wasn't God that did it. It is a butterfly with no guts. It's going to be big and beautiful, and it's going to die real soon, just like the church of Absalom. Big and beautiful, excitable. God's going to get him enough. The private prayer warriors are going to pray, and in a few days, Absalom's going to be hanging dead, and Joab boys are going to be throwing spears at him and killing him. You keep praying for real Pentecost. You keep holding your, holding your guns. And you make sure. I know it's extra effort. I know it takes, they cannot do by themselves what they used to do. But something about unity, there's power, folks, there's power in wicked unity. Adolf Hitler unified some people, and they consented and had a great big time murdering six million Jews. Auschwitz, four million of them got it in a one square mile area because unity is powerful. How much more power is it when Pentecost was fully come? They were all with one accord in one place. Not only did we get some stuff done, but something come out of heaven known as the Holy Ghost of God. Whew. Shook that city. A great sound came to that temple and came in and baptized them and fire was on them. And this Pentecost is still right. It still is today and covers the globe. Do you hear me? Yeah. God called a bunch of Galileans that don't even talk right. A bunch of fishermen. 
Matthew, at least tax guy, they hated him. He'd been a publican or, a, you know, sitting at the receipt of customs anyway, switching money off where he get the temple, cheating everybody, you know. I mean, it's worse than, it's worse than turning a, a dollar in some of these places we go. Man, you know, and come back home with some weird money. They don't even want to give you back their money. They want to keep your American dollar, you know. And that kind of stuff he might have done. But I'm telling you, when he got a hold of the master and God began to weave 12 disciples together, I know one of them split off from it, but they replaced him. Come on, somebody. He weaved them together, sent them out, got 70 added to them. They went out and spoke his name. was casting out devils. Next thing you know, they all wound up uh, martyred, I believe, except for John the rebel. They tried to kill him, wouldn't burn, uh, wouldn't boil. I'm just telling you, God got them together, and if God can get us together, listen, I'm not talking about emotional. A coach can do that to a good ball team. I'm not talking about bringing souls together. I'm talking about bringing the new creature and, and Christ that's in people together. That's what the fire's for. Did you know that church was on fire? We know what you mean. Zeal, passion, excitement. That ain't what the real fire means in the Bible. Fire is judgment. Fire is there to refine and burn out the stuff God says, I don't want in you, on you, around you. On fire for God. Man, them kids got on fire for God. Say it, we know what you mean. You may confuse the world, but the Bible on fire, Holy Ghost and fire, don't mean Holy Ghost and zeal. Holy Ghost and excitement. Holy Ghost and fire means his spirit and power is there to do what he said, but the fire there is to make sure he keeps burning the junk out of you. You keep taking on what you don't need, and God don't want. Amen. What do you mean? Adam elements. Adam nature elements. Yeah. Little silly stuff we just start doing. Thank God. Yeah, hey, folks, God don't need a disco ball. He don't need the room, the youth room uh, to have the real gospel, but have the appearance uh, of, a, of a, a, a disco or a bar. We don't feed them drink. It's wine glasses, but it ain't nothing but grape juice. No, we, we need to shun the very appearance of evil. Come on. That user-friendly junk thing you win the world, kind of looking like and act like you. No, no. The ones that really want Jesus, they don't want anything like they are deep down. They want something different than what they are. No, they don't know. They say they don't. But deep down, when they get under conviction, they don't want somebody to look like they look, act like they look, act like they act go where they go. They want somebody that lives right. You've got the peace that will pass all understanding. I'm done. Would you stand up? Would you stand with me, please? I, 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 do want, I do want us to pray in these orders. And I understand, especially the night. So I've, I've been the night guy in a lot of camp meetings through the year. Been a while, but I, well, it ain't been too long. I know the difference in night guy and day guy. I don't belittle the altar service. I don't. We need to get in these orders and pray. Uh, and, and I do believe there's some people here that have felt like I don't know if I want to say it because I've been hurt feelings too much, Brother Cliff, but I think I'm on them rags. I think I've heard the devil tell me so much, yeah, you used to really be able to bless a church, but you can't no more. Won't you just stay in that box down that down in that basement under the treasury? Won't you stand under and just shut your mouth and let these younger people do church? Won't you just let them? God don't need you anymore. God knows you can't do the exact same kind of ministry. But you could be moving into something way more powerful because you're not there to rely on your talent you used to have. You're not there to fall back on, if this don't work, I can grab the piano and sing a chorus that'll get their juices flowing. I have to tell young preachers come up under me, oh, I'll do this, and boy, they really like that. I'm like, stop that. Stop trying to find what people like and, 
that you think will get them where you want it. Start asking good Holy Ghost maybe what he'd like to hear. How would you like this service to go? And Lord, if you don't speak, we'll by faith humbly start it this way, but we open for you to do like the day at Cornelius' house and just come on in and interrupt the deal because we're not our own. We're bought with the price. This church is not Sullivan's or Bible with this church. He said, on the rock, I will build. Not our, Jesus never said, I'm going to build us a church. He said, no, this is all mine. On this rock, I will build my church. You take part ownership, you breathe the whole, come on, pastors. I, my personality I do that sometimes. God's got to shake it back off. Not on purpose, just micromanaging. Uh, afraid that if I let this happen, this will happen. When it ain't really the Holy Ghost, it's just something I kind of don't like. No Bible against it, just kind of not my thing. I have to be careful that I don't limit the Holy One of Israel and give up. I have to give up ownership of LaBelle Church of God about every 45 minutes. He already knows us here, but I got to remind Cliff Gobble, Cliff Gobble, you dummy, this is not yours, it's his God's. Quit acting like you the one that died on the cross and shed blood for him. Jesus did that. He purchased this, not you. He didn't say, I behold, I stand on, I stand at the door of Cliff Gobble's church and not, no, I stand at the door that's been stolen from me, Laodicean. I purchased this church with my blood. You've shoved me out. I'm not forcing my way back in, but I'll tell you what. Right before it's too late, one more time, I'm going to knock on the door. And if you'll open, I'll come in. We'll sup together. You'll go buy some salve. Get some salve and won't you? We can see clearly again. Hey, I counsel of you, buy of me gold. Try it in the fire. Repent. Ephesus, let me in. You'll have to repent and do your first works. But I'm not done with you if you'll repent. Pastor, I put you in charge. You've got authority there. Don't you overstep the line. Try to make it yours. And we will a little bit, but we get to praying. The Lord saying, you need to back yourself up, boy. And I do tearfully say, God, I didn't mean to do it. I felt it. I did it again. That's right. Not your church. I know how you are. Back up. I said, I'm sorry, Lord. Next thing you know, the spirit of God's flowing good again. That's right. The pastor sometimes, we're not careful. Not them. Me. Sometimes, trying to help. Wind up hindering a little bit. But the tenderness of heart and prayer, God says, Come on, stop that. Brother Clendenin said one time, he was preaching revival before he passed. He's young, going at it, out of World War II, tough as, a, tough as nails. He's in a church preaching. The place is going crazy. <laughs> he's shouting. He's feeling good. He's marching back and forth. He hasn't started church yet. I mean, they're having to pack in that place out every night. And he, man, he's just having a big time. Had his notes ready, prayed a while that day, and getting ready to go to church. He got that little old Texas motel shower and he's turned the shower on. Mm, man, we're going to have church tonight. He heard the voice of God said to him, I've heard about all that mess I want to hear. The pastor is elated with the kind of what he thought they were having. Everybody's bragging, man, that guy, can, that guy from Beaumont, wherever he, what was that little Texas, Alice, wherever he was, that little, that redneck from World War II, got saved, just come from Alice, been working oil fields. Man, that guy can preach. He's heard bragging on him. He wasn't evil. He's just young and he learned something. They're having us. Man, they bragging on him. He's feeling good. And in the shower, he said, I know I heard the Lord said, I've heard about all that I want. He said, I'll begin to cry. What's wrong? Got out of that shower, fell between the beds in that motel. What is it, God? Didn't take an hour. Just moments, the Lord said, you're rejoicing a whole lot, but there's way too much Brooklyn Denning going on in that place. 
you getting way too much glory? They're thinking way too much about how good you're doing? I've had all that I want to hear. You ain't you, you pull out some good message. Now, I have blessed you to a certain extent, but you have taken the glory and the honor. He didn't mean to. He's preaching in Jesus' name. People praying, somebody shouting, bragging how good he did. And the Holy Ghost said, I've heard all that I want to hear. Shocked him. But because he listened, he prayed through, he was humble, and even explained it to a certain extent as lay people could explain, apologized to the pastor, and got it preached. They went from shouting to crawling under pews and begging God to forgive the secret stuff that they were shouting over top of. You know what else he learned from that? He started the church, was there 35 years, and then God wasn't done with him. From 70 years to 87 years, he trained preachers all over the world and saved, multiplied thousands from falling into the same trap he learned the day that week. Don't, I, I, I veered off the message, but I'm telling you folks, there's too many of you, some of you listening to me, and some later, not even listening today, but later, you go say, oh, let's see how that thing's going, Brother Eddie's church. And then God directs you to and hear me. You've been feeling like a rag, and you got you got people filled with the Holy Ghost. Ain't got enough sense but to let you go ahead and feel that way because at least you ain't a nuisance trying to do what you used to do. These kids can do it better than we can. You need to stop letting them do the talking, let them young bucks talk, and let that e-bed come over and pick you up and start weaving you seniors together. Meet back down here. Have your day to come down here and pray. Learn how to text and text them kids at church that are having a hard time. Come by and hug that teenage girl. Say, baby, I'm praying for you, sugar. God's going to help you. Or how about this one? I was praying today, and that jack-legged boy you about to marry, the Holy Ghost said to me to tell you you need to get away from that boy. And, and God will let the influence of that, that old rag, cast clout, pierce her heart. How am I going to do it? I don't know how you're going to do it, but you marry him, your life is over. It's ruined. God's got somebody else for you. I mean to stand up in that kind of boldness. That's what an old cast clout, cast clout rag can do if we'll just get together and bind together. Everybody, would you please meet me up here? Everybody. Come on. Hey, how about, how about nobody put me under the pressure to have a special lay hands up if the Lord moves on me I will but how about we just hungry mature Christians that want God's will just come and find a place to pray and seek the Lord I love prayer lines man you go to Carolina you don't have a prayer line one night they may not have you back Eastern North Carolina and the pressure's on they like prayer lines I do too but let's wait and see what God wants to do let's just get in these orders and pray you know somebody in your church if you're a visitor you know somebody at home that used to do something for God because they can't do that? They found themselves in a box. I'm telling you, if you'll listen and call out, God will send Obed to that basement. He'll pick that big old box of rags up. He won't listen to the younger, inexperienced voices. He'll listen to the Holy Ghost. He'll be careful. He'll bind you up with elders. Y'all can meet the Cracker Barrel and have breakfast and get out there and go visit somebody, lay hands on them and get them healed cast out some devils because you never did that in the power of the flesh that was all that was never the strength of the, of the youth that was always by faith in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost that worketh, works in people and through people